0: Love Talk Radio Love
1: Talk Radio
2: Who is January Jones? She is not a young, beautiful, talented actress on Mad Men. She is not an older, gorgeous, exotic dancer from The Johnny Carson Show. She is an author, and she wrote... Thou Shall Not Wine, the 11th commandment that reads number one at Amazon.com. She is a reality TV golf personality with World High Stakes Golf televised on HDNet. She is a humorist and winologist expert. She is your featured host today on January Jones Sharing Success Stories. So sit back. Relax and get ready to laugh and listen to Ms. Jones with her eclectic roster of guests as you learn life's lessons. These stories plus sharing equals success. Welcome and remember, beware, because you are entering the no wining world of January Jones.
3: Okay, now,
2: let me ask you a
3: question. <laughs> Have you ever considered living your life in the laughter lane? I'm not talking about the left lane. I'm not talking about the right lane. I'm talking about the laughter lane. Tell me, would you like to learn more about dealing with your daily roadblocks? Have you ever wanted to know how to leave negativity in the dust? Uh, I need to work on that one. Can you imagine finding humor and laughter around every curve and every corner on the road to life? Tell me. Do you know that if stress is garbage, <laughs> then you need to learn how to recycle right now. When was the last time you heard about Try Laughter, Inc.? It's not Monster, ink. it's Try Laughter, ink. or better yet, today, would you like to meet someone who has some of the answers that we're looking for? Now, are you ready to learn how to be successful and how to try laughter in your life? If you can answer yes or maybe to any of these questions, then you are in the right place. And I would like to welcome you to January Jones Sharing Success Stories. Today, I will be introducing you to my guest, who is a success coach extraordinaire. She will provide us with wonderful, informative, and inspirational lessons and some really, really great advice. I'm pleased to announce that our show now has over 1.6 million listeners to date. hard to believe, isn't it? Also, LinkedIn has announced that my profile was one of the top 5% most viewed during 2012. Now, let me tell you a little bit about my guest today. Well, first of all, let me tell you, she's been on my show many, many times. And to date, I think she has had close to 200,000 listeners who have listened to her uh, shows with me. She is a nationally recognized expert on humor and laughter therapy. She's been featured in the New York Times, Family Circle, First Magazine, and Newsweek Japan on laughter as a current trend in the workplace. She was one of the first laughter leaders certified in the world by the World Laughter Tour, Inc. Her work history includes Arnold Palmer's Bay Hill Club and Lodge, Orlando, where she was the swim pro. The swim pro is like a golf pro with lots more water she has been in banking for over three decades through three economic cycles and maybe even more she's had three hair colors her success as a speaker and trainer is her conviction to what she believes are the two basic tenets of the adult learning experience food and fun she is a member of the Association of Applied Therapeutic Humor as I am. She is also a member of the Society for International Humor Studies, the World Laughter Tour Inc. She is president and founder of Try Laughter Inc, a speaking and training group. It is my pleasure to welcome to our show again Bobby White. Hi Bobby, how are you doing tonight?
0: Hello January, doing well, thank you.
3: Oh, it's so wonderful to have you on the show. Can you imagine all these people who are out there listening to us? Isn't that amazing?
0: Yeah, I really can't even imagine it. It makes me (laughs) giggle (laughs) to hear the statistics. (laughs) It's just like you and I are on the telephone and, and everyone else. Is oh, wait, in. this is just been in the news, like the NSA thing with, uh,
3: you know, what's his name? <laughs> I know, absolutely. So people
0: are listening, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, there are
3: people listening, I'm assured of that. And they keep listening over and over and over again, which is why all of your shows are so, so very, very popular. Uh, let's talk a little bit. Before we went on the air, you mentioned something about Time Magazine. Well, you know what, before we go to that, I want to talk about you. Let's talk about Bobby White. How did you become a humorist?
0: Well, I, I did a lot of staff training for a uh, community bank in the Midwest and actually six banks that were kind of all under the same uh, holding company, well, separate holding companies with some, some common management. And I found out that if um, you wanted adults, to learn and to buy in mm-hmm. if they had a little food, a lot of food actually, <laughs> and a little fun uh-huh. um, they would they would do that so much more willingly and i mean let's face it the bank secrecy act you know that's the 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 law that says that we have to um, watch for laundered money, and and you know the, mm-hmm. the the drug world created a lot of these regulations, and the nine eleven created a lot of these regulations, and and banking isn't the most exciting all the time. But to have mm-hmm. I had the opportunity, I had to train some of this stuff, and and the, you know I could add to it to make it fun, mm-hmm. and you know or give it a theme, and I just it was really uh, so much more fun than it than it sh- than it should have been, and. <laughs> And one time well, I was given the the task of driving the company van, the bank van around to four locations to take work and transport money and and, and I was a little offended that that perhaps they thought I had nothing better to do with my time than to drive, right?
3: <laughs> okay. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> and then
0: my husband said, It sounds like a vacation to me. <laughs> so, I started calling it my think tank, and I I drove around for a week while the usual the regular driver was on vacation,
3: uh-huh. <laughs> and
0: and I started listening to books on tape, um, uh-huh. that or books on CD I guess it was it was past the cassette tape era, and and then I thought about calling a friend of mine who was a, a professional speaker slash humorist. Uh-huh. Uh, her name is Karen Buxman. And she just lived twenty. She lived twenty minutes away from me at the time, and I'm not sure why her name popped into my head that day. But it was very interesting because we. I said I'd like to uh, meet with you for lunch, and and I just want to bounce a couple of ideas off of you. And I had no idea what those ideas were, but I just really enjoyed her because she was mm-hmm. fun, mm-hmm. and it involved food. <laughs> so we went <laughs> to lunch, and I almost ran out of gas on the way. And and I remember getting there a little late because I had to get gas and, uh-huh. and um, we just really ripped through our first lunch meeting. I hadn't met with her in 10 years. She had actually come and had done training for our bank and our people loved her because she was fun.
2: Uh-huh. And
0: she told me about something she was working on and involved a laughter therapy trainer workshop in St. Louis in, in, in another month or so. And she said, check it out. She said, love for you to go. And I thought, well, how fun would that be? I have no idea what this is. But (laughs) I would love to be under her direction for a Uh weekend because it's got to be fun. And I went down and I trained and I became, as you said in my intro, one of the first certified laughter leaders in the world Mm -hmm. um, with the World Laughter Tour. Mm -hmm. And, And then I... I paid for that myself because I asked the bank, but they said this has really very little to do with With our banking. banking. (laughs) And I thought, well, but really it has everything to do with it, as I found out.
3: Right. And
0: so... I paid for it myself, which which was good. It was fine, and mm-hmm. I, but I thought, you know, it was a little different. It was it was very different from anything I'd ever done, and I I thought when I got home, well, so I spent you know 200 on the training and and hotels and meals and the whole bit. I'm like, what am I going to do with it? Uh-huh. And so I started sharing it in small groups, just some some friends that I had that and, and with my children and. Mm-hmm. Um, it really was it was very interesting to watch the reactions um, of the people that participated so I, I I tried it at work and during a staff meeting, I was given a little But i 'm also the wellness coordinator in the uh-huh. bank okay so I kind of sprung it on them. Um, we did a little laugh to therapy and it was really cool to see forty five people laughing for no reason mm-hmm. and 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 from that, I mean it was even people who I shouldn't have seen laughing were laughing right
2: mm-hmm. and
0: right. and from there, um it it kind of took off like wildfire, the rotary and the elks and the moose and the lions <laughs> all the you know the animal circuit and and the optimist club of all people would want you know something a little different, so
4: uh-huh. I went to
0: one group, and, of course, they all have weekly meetings, and everybody meets the program. They don't care if you're quilting socks or, you know, yeah. doing laughter therapy. <laughs> You've <laughs> got to be more interesting than the one they had last week. And so so I started, I did 65 laughter wow. presentations the first year. Wow. And all wow. of my hometown, was, it was incredible how this thing just caught on, and 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 then you know my my goal was to take it further and and my goal was to to start creating I did a keynote around the laughter therapy exercises and
2: mm-hmm. and
0: it was just it was something that made so much sense to me and I started realizing how much stress we all carry in our lives. And and through laughter therapy and through some personal stories that I started sharing with people, I realized everybody pretty much has similar issues, and and they just mm-hmm. they just don't know what to do. They don't know how to unload the baggage, yeah. or they don't know like you know like the theme of my book, laugh and you know life in the laugh lane. They don't know how to get around that curve and and how to how to dump negativity, and it's. It's it's really hard, and and so I continue to do it. I'm in my thirteenth year, which is oh my gosh! Um, I, just, I know I just I can't believe from this started from that, and and it's just really been good for my own life.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and,
0: and you know my my goal is to never be different on the platform that I am in my own personal life, right. and. Uh, and so I really do believe that it's a better way, you know, to live. And, and it really does help in, in so many different situations from work to social to, you know, family, although I will say family's the toughest.
3: Um. (laughs) Well, you know, Bobby, we're going to take a break now and hear about your host. And when we come back, I want to talk some more about Karen Buxman because she has been on the show. And actually, her interview with me will be in the second volume of Priceless Personalities. It was a fabulous interview, and she's wonderful. Uh We will be right back with Bobby White.
2: Lately, there's a whining epidemic in our world. People are even whining about whining. Are you sick and tired of listening to everyone whining all the time? So was January Jones, the author of Thou Shall Not Whine, the 11th commandment that reached number one at Amazon.com. Ms. Jones based her book on a survey of the top ten things that people whine about at all ages and all stages of life. January is a success coach that can tell you how to help others. When you buy Thou Shalt Not Whine, the 11th Commandment, you'll find out what people whine about and how to stop them from whining. This is the perfect gift book to give or get for any occasion. Thou Shall Not Whine was voted the best gift to be given anonymously for those special people in your life. Ms. Jones is an internationally known author in the style of Irma Bombeck, specializing in housewife humor with her book being published in Korea and China. You can find Thou Shall Not Wine at Amazon.com.
3: Welcome back with my dear friend and wonderful guest, Bobby White. You know, it was so much fun hearing you talk about Karen Buxman because she is a fabulous humorist and has written some amazing books. She also was the uh, president of AATH, which is an organization that we're both members of. Now, I didn't realize. Now, talk about... Let's talk about when you were growing up. Were you the class clown? Were you into humor then? No, I I really wasn't.
0: Not on an overt level. (laughs) Uh Um, The the first thing I can think about with humor was I swam competitively. Uh And I I, I hung out at the pool all day. That was kind of my job. My mom would dump me off in the morning for swim team from 8 to 11, and then we'd kind of hang out for lunch, and then we'd have swim practice in the afternoon too. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I would hang out with the boys of the swim team some of the time because they were fun,
4: mm-hmm. and
0: then they would tell these dirty jokes, bad jokes, really bad. <laughs> so bad I can remember two of them right now, but
1: uh-huh. they aren't
0: fit for airing of your no. show. Okay. And, <laughs> then I would, and then I would share them with the girls and i just thought this was the funniest thing ever until someone called my mom and told them that i was telling bad jokes <laughs> to their daughters
3: <laughs> and
0: and i was just i was really embarrassed my mother was amazed and not amused she was very she was like horrified that she couldn't believe i was doing this so i think that was my first um touch on how humor is is funny but not always appropriate and right. you have to know you have to know your audience and uh-huh. and and Karen Buckson's a big one on that um and, and you know to quote her basically is everybody's sense of humor is like a, a fingerprint it's so individual
3: <laughs> and
0: so that was kind of a hard lesson but but then when I would travel we would have a water polo tournaments and and I wasn't the best player, but I was a fast swimmer. So after the initial tip off, I, they pulled me out. I mean, I was in the pool for like 20 seconds and <laughs> did my job. And, and the rest of the time I, I kind of got bored. So we would have a team meeting and I would go in, say, uh, uh, the, if it was a hotel room, I'd go in the bathroom and I'd have like a crank of these little metal plates and you'd drop them in the floor, the top floor, and it sounds like glass breaking. And, and <laughs> I was just, Oh, it was just so stupid, but it was it was just stupid humor. But sometimes it broke the tension, right?
2: Uh-huh, and sure.
0: I I think that's, that that I maybe even back then I hadn't really thought about that as my role, but I think that's what I was good at. And um, so yeah, that I, it kind of started that way. Um, uh-huh. I went through kind of a serious phase in in high school and college. I was more concerned about. Um, not getting thrown off the cheerleading squad than uh-huh. than anything because I took that really seriously, and then in college I was I was kind of uh, concerned about my GPA, which sadly no one's asked about in in forty <laughs> years. So, <laughs> so that was really a waste, <laughs> and I, I'm so embarrassed to say I have I never cut a class. That is so.
3: Oh yeah, that's that's very yeah, yeah I, I'm sorry, I'm. Yeah, that's very sad. I can't join you <laughs> on that one because my lived for. Oh. Yeah, I was well. You know, I was more of a socialite than a student, and you know, now <laughs> we are fifty years yeah. later, and I don't regret it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, oddly enough, um, my my everybody says, well, you know, did you have a lot of humor in the home? And
4: mm-hmm. no,
0: my mom <laughs> does not have a sense of humor at all, uh-huh. and my dad does. Well, he did, but when he was working in my growing up years, he was so in in in, in his work that that he was more stressed than fun. Yeah. And so I I didn't really have a lot of that at home, and, and basically they <laughs> just yelled at my sister the rest of the time because she was five years older. So my goal was always to kind of take the low road and stay off under the radar.
3: Uh-huh, um, sure.
0: I I went through um, base. Oh gosh, I did go through. I will tell you this. You may not even know this about me. I went through about twenty years of depression and anxiety.
3: Oh, really? Did you know that? No. Yeah. I, I can't. I find that. I so did. Hard to believe. I know. Um, and that, that was basically
0: my twenties and thirties. Uh huh. Uh huh yeah I I don't, how I don't you,
3: know how did you deal with it? How did you overcome it? Because you certainly aren't mm-hmm. a depressed person now?
0: No, no, well, I will tell you that i I did a lot of talk therapy, which was fabulous. I loved it. I recommend it for anybody if you can good. find a good fit with someone. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, just it's so delicious to have the ear of someone objective um and and I took everything so serious, and I'll give you an example because mm-hmm. I think it's a good one. Um, Every time I would go into my in-law's house, and my father-in-law, is he was a very accomplished, very successful businessman, Mm -hmm. and everyone in the family was very much so, and he would ask me, what did I accomplish that day? And okay. I need to just had that cringe feeling because I would, you know, I would try and just lift off as much as I could crank out, you know. Uh-huh. And even if you said, I built the Taj Mahal, I crossed the Sahara, <laughs> I, you know, I climbed the, the Empire State Building. And it was all he would ever say was, okay. Okay. And, and I never <laughs> felt like I was adequate. uh
3: uh-huh.
0: You know, and I never felt worthy of that answer. And then one time and I remember discussing this with talk therapy and this may seem really silly, but but the funniest thing then, I walked in behind a brother in law mm-hmm. and he was he was he was married to my husband's sister.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
0: remember him asking and asking Kent. he said, So what did you accomplish today, Kent? And Kent said, Not a damn thing, Jim <laughs> And you know what he said to that?
1: Oh, okay.
3: Okay.
0: <laughs> the same answer. And then I realized that was uh-huh. just his question. Yeah. He wasn't measuring my worthiness. Uh-huh. And I realized how, how when you're not looking at things accurately or crisp, you know, it just, it crystallized in my mind how serious I took everything.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, mm-hmm. and I will say, and I need to say this because I, I, did start medication because that was kind of the last resort and it Uh should be the last resort. And as, and I tell you what, um, my life just, once the clouds cleared, it was amazing how good it felt just to feel good. And I will say this, uh, um, it's been kind of, it was kind of, um, a tug of war of emotion because I thought, you know, I'm a humorist, but yet, I take medication uh-huh. set up, or am I a fraud? Yeah. So then I'm fine, I'm, I'm doubting. And the best thing I ever heard put this way is people who take medication, it's not like an athlete on steroids.
2: Mm-hmm. It
0: only mm-hmm. brings us up to normal so right. that we can compete and we can live with everyone else. Mm-hmm. So once I took that, I thought, okay. I'm okay, I'm not a fraud, I need this. I mean, clearly it runs in my family. For those of you listeners, um, if your parents had depression, if your grandparents had depression, I'm I'm answering yes to all of those. You know, there's a good chance it can run in your family. And and so that's kind of also once you know like I said once I got squared away and I could uh-huh. think clearly again and enjoy life I had no joy in my life and I had everything I needed and I think that's a good question to ask for people to ask themselves is do you have any joy in your life and you're like no yeah. and I had two beautiful children I had a husband I had. You know, I had everything mm-hmm. I needed, and sure. and I just, this was no joy. So,
3: but you, but you I, had that you had that gray cloud over your head. Yeah, i I'm, yeah. I'm so I'm so appreciative that you're sharing this because I also will share with our listeners that I have been on medication since '01, and during mm-hmm. that time, um, my dearest friend had terminal cancer. I took oh. care of her for three years until she died. And oh. I was just totally depressed, and I could not yeah. pull myself out of it. And fortunately, right. my wonderful doctor put me on an antidepressant, and it just changed my life. Just like you. It, I it really All of a happened. sudden, I blossomed, and even dealing with her tragic death and loss, I mm-hmm. got through it. I survived. I started writing books. I started doing radio shows. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's I mean, so I am... Yeah, I'm still on it. And, you know, I wake up every day just ready to go. And I'm so yeah. excited about life. And I'm yep. going to, as I've shared with my listeners, I'm going to be 70 this year. So oh my God. Yeah, so if you have any days where you're not feeling like you're enjoying the joy in your life you really need to uh talk to your doctor and there's nothing wrong with taking medication i think uh if you do it properly it can only add to your life don't you mm-hmm. agree bobby
0: oh absolutely and, and there's two things as i said uh talk therapy is fantastic and that can unlock some of the the doors that uh-huh. that you have ahead of you and again if you don't find the right person to talk with
4: keep looking
0: because there's there's somebody out there that's good. And I, I also agree with medication. Is there's
1: mm-hmm. many
0: out there and some will agree with you and some will not. And the saddest thing is I realized when when I was not at my best, when I was kind of far down, mm-hmm. um, I I did have a prescription. I took the first night and then I I decided to share that with my husband and he said, Well, and this is just him uh-huh. You know how I feel about medication. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't saying I shouldn't take it, but I wasn't really able to think for myself
3: mm-hmm. and I
0: at that time. And now it's like I make a decision because it's right for me. Right. And so I, I realized how influenced I was by a lot of things, and
3: mm-hmm. and I'm
0: really still reaping the benefits of feeling normal and able to think because, um, as you know, and, and I've had a lot of, um some chaos with my elderly parents the last mm-hmm. 6 months and and I have a sister who I love dearly but she is is wired totally on emotion
2: uh-huh. and
0: and if I weren't on the other side of the continuum we would be just yeah. like two babbling babies and <laughs> and I can I can think I can make better decisions and and I can see the humor and this mm-hmm. is, I don't know if this is going to have time for this, we'll have time in this segment, but the humor in dementia that I'm seeing with my father, oh, I mean, oh I find...
3: Multiple, oh um, this, we're going to take a break because this sounds yeah. like a whole new segment. And uh, we'll it. be right back with uh, Bobby <laughs> oh, White. We've now taken care of our medication. That's all taken care of. And we'll be coming back and we'll be dealing with dementia. dementia. We're also going to be sharing The Joy of Dementia. That's got to be a great <laughs> title for a book. We'll be yeah. right back with Bobby White.
1: Could your commute or daily exercise routine use a boost? When was the last time you really got the giggles? June is Audiobook Month, and the producers of Yikes! Another Quirky Audiobook invite you to tune in, turn on, and let loose a few good laughs. Yikes! Another Quirky Audiobook is about a marijuana enthusiast named Blue McKenna who gets involved in a reality TV show as a way to cure an apocalyptic case of writer's block. A conglomerate of kooky contestants invades the polygamous community of Naval, Utah to compete in a reality show called Yikes. Things get sticky when Blue McKenna's hemp garden is ignited during an ill-fated seance. Find out what's going down in the desert in Yikes, another quirky audiobook. This is Adele Park inviting you to celebrate Audiobook Month on the funny side. Visit www.yikesaudiobook.com. That's www.yikesaudiobook.com.
3: Welcome back with my dear friend and wonderful guest, Bobby White. Um, as far as Adele Parks and her audiobooks, they are fantastic. If you are going on a road trip, you need to get yikes and jitters. Put them in your car. You will laugh all the way to wherever you're going. They're wonderful. Now, Bobby, let's share your um, website information and tell everyone where they can get your book.
0: Okay. Uh, my website is trylaughter.com, T-R-Y-L-A-U-G-H-T-E-R, just like it sounds and just what it means, try laughter. And my books are on my uh it's called Bobby's shop and it's basically a product page.
4: Okay. And
0: I have um Life in the Last Lane there. I have um it's got it stretches garbage. I've been there, recycled that, and then I have a couple of books that I've co authored and the one is uh Chicken Soup for the Wine Lover's Soul. And, and it's, uh, <laughs> I love it. it's kind of a, a funny story. Uh, basically, I went to lunch with a friend and, and it was an Italian restaurant. And we are in a small community. And so if people saw us drinking wine at lunch, they would think we're luscious, which we are. But <laughs> we are. try to hide that at lunch, right? <laughs> yeah. And so I I don't know where this came from, but I ordered wine in a coffee cup. Oh. And the, the waiter acted like he'd never heard that before. Uh-huh. And and I ordered Merlot, and my friend ordered Zinfandel. And so he brought us wine and coffee cups with a little spoon, and he set it down, and he said, very hot, very hot. And <laughs> so he was, he was playing along with us, and we felt like we had won the Super Bowl. We were having our wine and saving our reputations, too. <laughs> <laughs> now,
3: now, have you written a book called Wine in a Coffee Cup? i
0: have not but that's a great idea
3: absolutely you need to do that that would be fantastic
0: Thanks, i'm writing it down
3: okay (laughs) wonderful (laughs) yeah and life in the life in the laugh lane that's another fabulous title uh i highly recommend uh bobby's website all of her blogs her articles she will make you laugh. You know, she sends, I'm signed up on her uh, e- her email, and once a month she sends out her, her blog. I, it's the only one that as soon as I see it, I can't wait to open it and read it, and I always send you a note back because you always. You the
0: You are the, you're my best cheerleader, and you always send me a note. <laughs> you're the first one, and I so appreciate that. You're, because you're... It's kind of scary to send those um, articles out. Uh-huh. And that's the other thing is just because I think it's funny. You know, yeah. I, I usually try to make a point with it, but, but not everybody sees things the same way. And so you try not to look at the ones that didn't open it, and and you try to concentrate on the ones who are reading it. And, of course, I have close to 1,200 subscribers. Um, last month, 300 opened it and read it. Well, okay, fine. It, you know, 300 is not bad. So you have to, it's that half. Glass half full, half empty things. Oh, yeah. 300, that's
3: a good number. And, you know, I think uh, word spreads and these things grow. It takes time. Let's talk a little bit. I wasn't even intending on doing this, but I know you're going through the situation with mom and dad and uh, Mm -hmm. growing old and dementia. It's difficult, isn't it? And it's hard to find the humor in this kind of situation. Yeah, it's real hard. And
0: so... um, you get really bogged down and there's so many details and then you have the emotion of, you know, you're the, I heard a great saying, you're a child once and a, or no, you're a parent, you know, an adult once and a child twice in your life. And isn't that so true? Oh, it's, yeah. it's exactly right. And so, so I will just share a few of the humor things that, mm-hmm. that I hang on to. And the first one was, Um, The first time in January when we had to uh, take dad to ER, he was falling all over the house. And and it didn't seem like a stroke because he was still quite lucid. He didn't have that left side paralysis that you have seen or, you know, you read about. But Mm -hmm. we're in ER and the doc says, you know, "Tell, tell us exactly what was happening in the home. And I said, he was falling everywhere. I said, I couldn't even, I couldn't get him up. I said, mm-hmm. it's like dead weight when you have someone, you know, he's a man. He's a full-size man, and he's, he's happy. And then dead weight, my dad said, I'd really prefer that you use a different mm-hmm. term, Bobby. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so Sorry, that, that was, yeah, that was pretty good. And then mm-hmm. um, another another one was um, the, he they went into assisted living, and he wears these socks, not all the time, but they have the skid things oh, yeah. with rubber on the bottom and they're kind of mm-hmm. heavy. They're more like slippers and socks and and the caregiver was changing him into his pajamas and she, and he, I said, Dad, do you wear those socks to bed? And he looked at me and he said, I don't know and he looked at the caregiver and he said, do I wear these socks to bed? And she didn't even say anything. She just ripped off the right sock, ripped off the left sock and, and uh, he looked at me and he says, I guess I don't.
3: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and, and then another time I I took him out. I mean, he uses a walker and and uh-huh. a gate belt now, and and we we tried to take a little uh, walk outside. And I said, "No, isn't this nice getting outside and getting a little walk?" And he and he said to me, "I suppose the correct answer would be yes."
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and then this one yeah. you'll you'll appreciate. We were we went to his neurologist just to have some follow-up um, work on his. He had a massive uh, brain hemorrhage, and then he had a number of the TIAs, which are mini-strokes.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, he said to the doctor, "He said now, now what about golf?" <laughs> and the doctor said, "Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think so." And he he said, "You know, golf with a walker, I, you know, everything's on level. Oh, you got your sand traps. He says, I just don't see that being a good situation." And mm-hmm. And uh, he said, "Well, you know, I, I'll just ride in the cart then." And he goes, oh my gosh, he will fall out on every curve. Have you ever <laughs> seen eighty-year-old men drive a golf cart? <laughs> <laughs> so, so we we dropped that for a while, and then he says, "Doc," and they got to remember he's got some dementia. I'm not laughing you at him. I'm just saying you've got to you've got to see the situation for what it is. And he said, mm-hmm. "So, Doc, what do you think about athletics?" Now, my dad's eighty-eight and a half. Okay. Okay. And we all look at him in athletics, and he said, well, Erv, what do you have in mind? And, mm-hmm. I mean, I get kind of goofy in situations like this. And, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, I'm, I said, well, Dad, okay, so no water polo, no football, and no floor <laughs> hockey. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, you know, you just. You just have to remember the right times and, and jot yeah. them down because you'll never remember them. And that's why I like to write my my evening my articles every month because um, it helps me to focus on. And then I have them written down. And 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 there's a good there's a good saying that one of my friends said, and he, and it applies to children, applies to adults. Uh-huh. Um, and and many of us have. Have the older parents on the one side and the children on the other. That's why they call it the sandwich generation. It's it's just it's everywhere. But her son was um, on a soccer team and he wasn't very good. And Mm -hmm. so they would they would approach it this way. And they said, "So Ben, what are we going to do today if you win?" He said, "Get ice cream." Ben, what are we going to do today if we lose? He said, "Get ice cream." All right, (laughs) let's go play ball. And I remember after. After the neurologist appointment that day, uh, my dad says well, what are we going to do now? And all I could think about is, let's go get ice cream. Get ice cream. So, yeah. <laughs> so we went and got ice cream, and and uh, <laughs> we're sitting there, and he's like, "This is the saddest day ever." And I said, well, "Why is that, Dad?" He said, "Well, you know, just no golf." And and yeah. I said, "Oh, I know." And he said, "And." You know, I've got 30 years left. What am I going to do? And I, <laughs> He's 88. <laughs> how old do you think you are? <laughs> so anyway, yeah, you know, I'd you have him. to. Yeah, you have yeah. to make your own fun and you and uh, yeah. So that's you're, how that, I cope. It's
3: and you're a married, twisted. You're very good at making fun. And, you know, we're going to take a break and hear from our sponsor. And when we come back for our last segment, I want to talk with you, Bobby, about what success means to you, if you have any regrets and any advice for my listeners. Also, I'd be curious to know about your career and your keynote speaking and how your family feels about this amazing career you've created We'll be right back with
4: Bobby White. Second time around can be better. Second timers try harder. Looking to have a rewarding second marriage? Any marriage. Read Successful Second Marriages by Patricia Bubash. She interviews a variety of couples that have succeeded in their second attempt. Each story reflects that the second marriages can be tough going, yet be the best of the best. Learn from these couples who share their intimate stories, how they struggled with difficulty, and have thrived. Stories such as, our kids drove us apart. We separated five times in four years. Four months into our marriage, my 85-year-old father-in-law came to live with us. One year into our marriage, I was diagnosed legally blind. Death of my eldest child brought grief, depression into our new marriage. Successful Second Marriages is encouraging, hopeful, inspiring. Available on Amazon.com in book form and ebook. Read Pat's musings at www.successfulsecondmarriages.com.
3: To all my listeners, Pat's book is fantastic. And as some of you know, I'm in a second marriage, and I will be celebrating my 43rd anniversary this year. So there's a lot to be said for the second time around. I hope you'll read her book. Now, Bobby, let's talk a little bit, briefly about how your family has reacted to this amazing career that you've created and all of your keynote speaking.
0: Well, as I was starting it, my kids were probably 9 and 11 years old. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, a lot of it did not involve too much travel. Uh Uh, But I had always traveled occasionally in my work, and so it didn't seem all that much different. Um, once in a while, if if the trip lended itself to it, they got to go with. They thought that oh. was fabulous.
2: Yeah.
0: and and mm-hmm. so that and then we mixed family vacation with work. and that's mm-hmm. that's always been probably my biggest challenge is because I still work full time at a bank. Mm-hmm. Um, I have x number of vacation days and and then I have to spend those on family on speaking, and, of course, those unexpected things that come up. So, believe it or not, we've always made it come out at the end of the year (laughs) where I I, I feel like I have satisfied all of those things Mm -hmm. pulling at at my attention. Um, Not perfectly. I can tell you two, two times when I have the, you mentioned regrets, and this, This I do regret. I will take this to my grave, and I feel worse about it than my kids, I'm sure, but you know how moms are. So my son was in eighth grade, I think, and he played Mm -hmm. football in the junior high, and they were having their awards. Um, night and it was, it was pizza in the cafeteria at junior high. So you mm-hmm. think, okay, so how big of a deal can it be? <laughs> so my husband, my husband works in the agricultural industry. So he had harvest cause it was in the fall and I was speaking in St. Louis and I went down the night before so I wouldn't have to get up extra early mm-hmm. and come to find out our son had won the Mr. Hustle award. Oh my god. And no neither parent is there.
1: Oh. And I
0: never felt like such a dog in my life.
2: Okay. And
0: and I told my son that recently and he's got a great sense of humor and mm-hmm. he put his little trophy on my clock radio by my bed just six
3: months ago. <laughs>
0: Keep love. It means that much to you. You keep it because I really don't care about it.
2: Oh, and
0: okay. then And then my daughter, um, an equally um, uh, guilty, oh, gosh, we do guilt well, don't we, uh, <laughs> yeah. was going to prom, and it wasn't her senior prom. I can take heart in that, but it was maybe a junior prom. Okay. And I was I had a three-hour drive back after I was speaking,
3: mm-hmm. and
0: I was going to cut it close. Well, I missed the picture-taking at the friend's houses, so I went right to the venue where they were having dinner, Uh and I just wanted to see her dressed up. And and the principal and the the vice principal of the school sandwiched me, and we walked (laughs) through the entire room (laughs) to her table,
3: and she
0: was like it's, yeah, oh dear, because yeah. I wanted them to come out to the foyer, but they wouldn't come,
3: uh-huh. and
0: so we went to them, and uh-huh. and, it, and it was, I can't even talk about it, it was so humiliating for her, <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to see you, and of course, I've got white hair, and yeah. well, I'm 30 years older than these kids, you know, so it was pretty obvious it was somebody's mom, and yeah. Oh, I just regret doing that. I regret that I I, I did that at all, but it was well, so self-serving.
3: <laughs> that's the kind of thing moms do, and we've all yeah. done that. And, you know, when you're trying to combine uh, a career, family, yeah. the whole deal, it's very difficult to find the time. It, yeah. What kind of advice do you have for any of my listeners who are out there right now who have a – who work? who are trying to do a career, new career, and raising children, what advice can you give them?
0: Oh my God, get a big box of Kleenexes. <laughs> 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 so, Take pills. <laughs> here, here's what I would say to that. I mm-hmm. mean, you have to pick and choose what yeah. in, you think is the most important. And, and you know that. You don't even have to ask anybody. You don't have to ask your child, do you really want me there? Well, of course they want you there. Um, just remember you'll never have a minute of that back. Mm-hmm. And and that's the best advice I can give you. Now, there are a lot of speakers with younger children than I have who travel more than I did. And, of course, now nobody's home, and, it, and it's so much easier now. Yeah. But, um, they make it work too. And so I say it's just a balance and you have to figure out where that is for you. But um you think going into it, I gotta do this, I gotta go, I gotta get there and, and then you miss something big and, and mm-hmm. I just can't tell you that, that this is really hard to live with. Oh, yeah. But you're not gonna bet a hundred percent either. So you just have to be easy on yourself. Um, And you have to, you just have to, have to just be honest with yourself, I guess.
3: Yeah, because I think at the end of the day, uh, you know, you have your regrets. Gosh knows, we all have our regrets and things we wish we could do over. It wouldn't be life if it wasn't like that. But in Mm -hmm. order to create a success story and a priceless personality like you, Bobby, you are priceless. I love having you on the show. There are things that happen that you wouldn't plan on, you can't anticipate, but you have to roll with the punches, don't you agree? Yeah.
0: Well, right, and the other hard thing is, you know, sometimes uh, you make a plan as best as you can based on every schedule nuance that you have, and the hard part is is you didn't expect when, you know, the the championship uh, baseball game gets rained out, and now they've rescheduled it and boom. Mm-hmm you were planned elsewhere because you've had that on your calendar for six months. So, you know, sometimes you just have to have to pick a lane <laughs> and drive it.
3: Well, I love that fits perfectly with your book, Life in the Last Lane. And I want everyone I to read it. And I'm looking forward to your next book, Wine in the Coffee Cup, because that's something well, I can I can relate to that. And I do want is- to- you really do, think
0: that's a good title, huh?
3: I, I love it. I love it, absolutely. And I do want you to come back soon and visit with us again.
0: All right. Well, you want to hear the, real quick the title that I'm playing with? Yeah. I, I'm so tired my iPods are puffy. <laughs>
3: okay. <laughs> that's a winner. That's a winner. <laughs> Thank you, Bobby, for coming on the show. And we'll All have you right. back real soon.
4: To my wonderful
3: listeners, we hope you've enjoyed our fabulous show today. My upcoming guests for the rest of the week are all exciting, eclectic, energizing. They will amaze, amuse, and they will astonish you just like Bobby does. This is the show where you hear inspiring information that will help you to become successful too. I would personally love to welcome you to our wonderful no-wining world. We love sharing our stories, struggles, and secrets for success. It's our hope that we can encourage all of our listeners to emulate our guests today and every day. Now, I want everyone out there to remember my mantra, if you think it, then you can do it. So for now, dear friends, please stop whining and then start smiling and then start sharing our success show with everyone you know. And if that doesn't work, then you can start eating chocolate, lots and lots of chocolate, and then you can have your wine in a coffee cup, too. (laughs) Again, thank you to Bobby White. This is January Jones thanking you for joining me today on my journey and reminding you to take care and stay safe.
1: Gosh.
4: Mm-hmm. I
3: Oh, uh-huh. um, which one did we take out of that could
2: be the same one.